0: Hey everybody, Diane Canada here. Today we're going to be talking about the women. Lady Up and Don't Quit is my signature message. And today we're going to be talking about how it relates right now in this political climate. So come on back with me. We're going to have a great show today. See you in a minute. Now's the time for Lady up and don't quit. That's our focus today. And um, I am riled up today, you guys. I've had so many discussions over the last even 24 hours when it comes to the role I think women are going to take in our politically charged environment these days. You know, women are awake now because we're, we're messing with their kids. Not that they weren't awake before, it's just their focus is, shoo, it's like the whole world just kind of went away and they are tunnel vision focused now on politics because their children and their grandchildren's futures are at stake with all of this flirting we're doing with Marxism, socialism. I mean, they are on fire and it's not just my opinion. Okay. I'm hearing this confirmation from so many of my friends out there uh, that are, that are seeing the same thing. I actually made some calls. A lot of you know that I am uh, the public relations chairman for the Nashville Republican women here um, in Davidson County. And I actually called because we started seeing a huge, huge uptick in women joining our club over this last probably six, seven months. And I started calling around to the other presidents to see if they were seeing the same thing we were seeing. Like, are, are a lot of women now coming to the forefront? Are they, you know, am I crazy? Or is this happening everywhere? And uh, they're like, oh, yeah, we're seeing it too. So I, I thought, you know, And and I'm also talking with people who are in other organizations who've been doing a lot of traveling here lately and all of that. And they're they're seeing it, too. They're seeing women turning out in in record numbers. So I think that women are going to be instrumental, absolutely instrumental in helping us to recover our country from this socialist kind of push. And I think they're going to be instrumental in helping to kind of recover the futures of our children and our grandchildren. Many of you may know this. uh, Some of you may not. But before I got involved politically, I ran for the Tennessee State House of Representatives in this past election cycle. Before that, though, uh, I was very active with my company and I still am called Ladylike Leaders. And I was holding uh, women's events, women's symposiums with some friends of mine. And we were uh, teaching women in business how to be more effective and to be more effective. assertive, not aggressive, but more assertive. And our motto there also was lady up and don't quit. And we used to have little, you know, stickers that we would print out things that we would say, like, you know, you don't, you don't have the luxury of a meltdown. And, you know, basically, it's it's all about using the feminine energy that we have not trying to compete with men. We love men, men have their place in the world. And, and we love men. But Not trying to act like men, not trying to um, come across in a masculine way or with a masculine energy, because that's not our that that's not how we're naturally wired. And it's inauthentic and it really doesn't do anything to drive results. What we have to learn how to do instead is tap into our feminine. I mean, we have got an arsenal and I mean that in a good way. We've got incredible tools at our disposal being women that are very, very effective in business. But but now we're going to be translating that into the political realm. And I'm going to be talking through some of these things today and, and just kind of helping you guys see, you know, how we can tap into these to be incredibly effective in this political climate. But we're going to start uh, holding more events and I'm going to start uh, inviting you guys out to more, um, you know, giving you guys more opportunities to engage in this with us being in the same room together and all of that. But today, I just want to talk about, you know, women in general. You know, here's what what I'm seeing. Uh, You know, I think Fox, I I watch Fox News, I'm a big Laura Ingram fan and Tucker Carlson fan. Hannity, you know, I I love Hannity, but he kind of, I can only take him in small doses. I, I love his heart. But, you know, not my favorite one to watch, uh, but anyway, what I what I do love about Fox is that they are giving us uh, very. I, I believe they're giving us the real perspectives behind what's going on in Washington. I do think that we're getting the truth for the most part from those uh, from those personalities. But what happens is they rile us all up, right? They get us all wound up and get us all excited. And then as women, you know, we don't know what to do with that energy. You know, we don't know what we're now we're fearful or we're mad, you know, really angry. All this stuff we're seeing going on in our schools and in our city streets and all that. We're getting all upset. And then we turn the channel off. You know, we turn the, the TV off for the night. We go to bed. And we wake up the next morning. It's like we want to do something with all this energy we have, do something with all this um, fear and anxiety we have over it. And we don't know what to do. Like we don't know how to carry that out. So what ends up happening What I'm seeing a lot, a lot playing out in our society right now is women are. It's almost like we just want to kind of shake the left, right? We want to just shake them and go, "How can you be letting our country deteriorate like this? How can you not see it?" It's like you just want to kind of, you know, jolt them and say, "Wake up! That's not how we're going to turn it. That's not how we're going to turn our country back to conservative values. It's not how we're going to win them, y'all. We have to learn how to channel." We have to learn how to redirect that anger and that fear and that anxiety into productive channels. We have to learn how to be how to use it to our advantage. One of the things I always say when I'm teaching women is I say we have to learn how to use it as fuel, not not let it be our kryptonite. And there, it's, it's very complex, like we think this should be easy, but it's not, it's really not so easy, because we are more women as a whole, we are more emotionally driven. You know, again, the reason we're on the field right now is because our kids futures are at stake, we're worried about our kids, we're worried about our children, not growing up in a free society, right? So that very emotion that's getting us on the field now and going, okay, I'm suited up, you know, my name's on my jersey. I'm ready to I'm ready to get to work. Tell me what to do. That same energy that's getting you there is not going to be the same energy that's going to keep you there. It's going to be if we don't learn how to discern it, if we don't learn how to channel it properly, then it can be end up being working to our detriment, working against us. So we've just got to be really, really careful and really wise about how we go about this. So be careful about, uh, I would say, let's try to learn to first balance and discern between the emotional and the behavioral aspects of we as women, what we, how we show up in the world. We, we can get that emotional rile up, you know, from the news stations as far as giving us the passion to get behind the, the things that we care about you want to, if you're looking at going to, down to the school board meeting and, and making your voice heard and all of that, um, or you're looking at, you know, maybe showing up on the college campuses and starting to question the, the curriculums that are being taught to our kids or whatever, whatever it is that you're passionate about, just remember what I told you on some previous shows that the minute you lose your self-control, you've lost all credibility. So let that fuel you to get you there. But don't rely on it to keep you there. Don't rely on that emotion to get results that you want. That has to be handled a different way. And that's going to come from self-control and the right attitude, the right heart, the right approach. And these are things that I love to teach. So one of the things, one of the reasons why I think women are going to be so instrumental is because we are much more community oriented. I mean, if you look back even to our ancestral past, you know, we, I mean, if you want to take it back, like I did this study one time and they were talking about like the caveman days, you know, when the men would, they were the hunters and gatherers, you know, they would leave for sometimes, you know, days, weeks, even months at a time to go and, you know, kind of gather the food for the winter or whatever it might be. The women stayed behind and we were very reliant on each other for safety and for rearing children and for sharing in food and all. I mean, it, it goes all the way back to those days. And so we are innately wired for community and men are more solo. You know, they're more, I, I think sometimes they enjoy community, but, but they're not, it's not really their MO. It's not really how they're, um, with their default, but we women are very much that way. And so I think this is why we're seeing a lot of women rallying together now. I'm seeing a lot more women again, like I said, coming into our Nashville Republican Women's Group. Women are um, pulling together and like Moms for Liberty. Uh, I'm seeing just so many groups popping up where women are congregating. One of my friends, Gloria, has a a new group too, conservative women. So we're seeing we're seeing this need to come together after the election was over. My phone started um, blowing up, as I've shared with you before, and women were gathering up meetings in their living rooms. They were calling their neighbors and saying, come over. And they were calling me into the living rooms and saying, okay, tell us what to do. (laughs) You know, having groups of women there. So this is, this is like our natural instinct to pull together when we're worried or to pull together when we're afraid, to pull together when we need to accomplish something. But here are some things I want to talk to you about today that are going to just make us more effective in those groups and some things to consider. Okay. So even though we're more community oriented, one thing we always have to be aware of is that as women, we want consensus. Okay, so I see things going one of two ways. Typically, when we get groups of women together, we either have uh, a lot of chiefs, everybody kind of wanting to be the boss, um, or we have nobody raising their hand and nobody wanting to be the boss. And and here's the reason why I think this happens and why we have to be really mindful of it when we're coming together. So we don't let these two pitfalls happen in our groups. Okay, so when it comes to the bossy ones like the bossy, (laughs) the bossy girls all coming together and nothing gets done because everybody wants to be the boss. I think as women, you know, typically we're used to running our own households. We're used to being in charge of our own environments and we like things done a certain way. I know my mom's watching right now and she'll tell you the Williams, they are bossy, bossy women you know, and they <laughs> they take charge. I, I get it honest, y'all. I come from a type A family. And, you know, so we come into those situations and everybody's got strong opinions. Again, all this strong emotion working, strong ideas. We have to be careful not to, not to get, you know, have cogs in the wheel because we're all trying to get our way. So, I think, again, the reason why we're doing that, if we, can, if we can come to the root of it and understand that what's really going on there is because we care, because we care, we're worried, we're scared. And so we're, we're, we're coming across stronger or more um, aggressive than we maybe normally would out of this fear and anger. So what I would say to, to those women who have a tendency to fall that direction is try and step back a little bit understand that everybody's wisdom, if you're coming at what, here's the first thing I would say, pray before you have your meeting, join hands, get in a circle, join hands and pray over the meeting. Pray for God's wisdom to come through, not your opinion, not what you think needs to be done, but for God to work through you. Because if we tap into his wisdom at the front end, then we're going to have a lot less of that clashing you know, during the meeting, and we'll get, we'll actually get things moving forward. Uh, but I would say that, and then I would say, when you're in the meeting, step back a little bit. Don't just have these knee-jerk reactions, right? Don't just, you, you have to get your point across, or you have to make sure that you're heard, that you you're desperately trying to be right. You know, we have to be willing to not have knee-jerk reactions, and instead, I always say, respond, don't react, respond, don't react. So maybe jot your idea down. Let everybody have a turn. Let everybody say what they want to say about the subject because it you just may soften in an area or you just may uh, become maybe intrigued by an idea enough for it to alter a little bit of what you were going to suggest. But this whole take charge my way or the highway thing, we're not going to get anything done like that. Okay. Now, if you fall into more of the category, I see this probably more, I see this so much with women in groups, where, because nobody wants to appear, they don't want to come across as bossy, or they don't want to come across as aggressive, then they tend to kind of fall into <laughs> the total opposite category where, you know, everybody says, Oh, yeah, that'd be fine. Oh, yeah, that'd be fine. Oh, yeah, that'd be fine. You know, they're so compliant. And they're so uh, complicit with everything that that really nothing gets done because nobody wants to be the one to, to step up. Nobody really wants to um, say what they're really thinking. And a lot of the reason why they don't do that is because what I, my friend Judith says, you know, it's because we make up stories in our head, like we make up things in our head. Well, I don't want to say that because that would probably be stupid. Or I don't want to say that because I might come across as being too too bossy or I'm not going to say that you know it's like we have all these or if I say that they're going to think I'm x you know so these things can can slow us down and stop us too so we've got to find we've got to find that happy medium right we've got to find that slipstream I call it where we're we're just assertive enough yet not aggressive and just assertive enough yet not you know doormats (laughs) you know we got to find that slipstream where things can actually you know skyrocket from there things can actually move forward and women we we really really struggle with this this is we've got to learn to differ- differentiate between our feelings and our ideas like this is one of the reasons why i see a lot of women fail is they'll um they think that if their idea is shot down then they are shot down as a person that happens all the time in women's groups. They think, Oh, well, you know, if, if, if I don't like your idea and I say, you know, like, let's just role play for a second. Let's say we're in the group and you bring up this idea and you're really married to like, you really think it's the perfect solution and the rest of the women or, you know, a few of the women think, Oh, I don't know. That's not a personal dig at you or that's not a, a personal, something that you need to take as a, as a fail you know, in your own heart or your own mind, it's just, could you step back objectively enough and say, you know what, maybe, maybe we can, maybe we can work toward a solution that includes that, but maybe expands on it a little bit. Or maybe we take it in a slightly different direction. And then you not walking away completely devastated, you know, because your idea wasn't accepted. Um, we, we are so effective here. Here's why I say we're effective. Okay. And why this kind of stuff can't, we can't afford to let it get in our way number 1 our kids futures really are at stake this is not a game i mean marxism really is being indoctrinated into our, into our children's minds not only in school but with our media with big tech with me- we we are fighting so many giants right now in the land so we've got to have the motivation first of all to want to work together okay so that's first and foremost but um i just lost my train of thought um I was going somewhere with that. Oh, shoot! Maybe it'll come back in a minute. But the idea that we have, we we have to be motivated enough to want to work together and to want to see progress, and not let all this junk inside of us, this insecurity, and this um, all this junk inside of us, stop us. We can't let it get in our way because this this is really um, this is really serious. Stuff that we're dealing with in our society right now. And we've got to, we've just got to put the priorities in order right now and not be so. We we have to, we have to worry more right now about working together than being right. And again, I'm not saying that you need to lay down. If somebody is, is doing this in your groups and, you know, oh, I know what I was going to say. I was talking about women, oh, the assets that we have that we need to tap into. Yeah. Okay. I got it. So some of these assets are we are able to look at things from many different angles. Like our, how many times in, even in your personal life do you do that where you're like you're thinking about it from this angle and thinking about it from that perspective and think well what I haven't I hadn't thought about looking at it this way. If you're like me maybe you think out loud. <laughs> you drive your husband crazy because you think out loud. You know, so we're always we our brains are designed so beautifully by God where where we can consider things from a million different angles. And that is a superpower in women. That's a superpower. Most men are pretty one-dimensional. <laughs> you know, it's like point A to point B, the shortest distance between those two points and they're happy. You know, but women, we want to we want to look at every possible dimensional aspect of this and study it and analyze it and all that. So, let's let that work for us. And again, when you're in these group settings with other women, you know, that's how their brains are working too. And so Look at it as an opportunity to collaborate rather than, you know, you having you having to be the only voice in the room and then you feeling bad or or, you know, devastated if your uh, idea isn't immediately adopted. Be flexible with your idea, knowing that they have wisdom, too. That was something that was really, um, I, I'm going to admit, that was something that was really hard because I am so, I mean, I've been teaching leadership for so long and I've been such a student of leadership for so long. And, and when you're contracted to come in and kind of be the expert in the room, you get pretty used to having to stand in that, you know, sit in that seat and be right. You know, you're, you're, you're guiding teams or you're guiding people and you, you know, it's, it's important for you to kind of be the expert, you know, be able to guide them properly. But one of the things I had to really step back and learn is that I can always learn from somebody. And if I go in there with an arrogance that my way or the highway, then not only am I, you know, letting myself down by not giving myself an opportunity to learn, but I'm also letting down everybody in the room where if we could collaborate better, maybe we could come up with a, a, a collaborative decision rather than it just having to be mine. But again, we we need to tap into these superpowers we have. So the ability to look at things from many, many, many different angles is one. Um, Another thing that emotional side is an asset. If we can rope it in, it's kind of like driving a Ferrari, right? Somebody gives you the keys and that thing's incredible. uh, And and you can really go show out in it, but you've got to learn how to drive it so that you arrive safely. You know, you got to learn how to um, how to rope that in. And that's what we have to do with our emotions as women. So again, use it as fuel, not kryptonite. You know, some other things that we're really great at are um, empathy and compassion, like our emotional intelligence level is really, really high. We have the ability, if we'll allow ourselves, we have the ability even to look at the, the, the left, the Democrats, and try to find uh, common ground there try to find ways to even relate to them. We have to allow ourselves to do that. If we're going to be effective, we have to, I don't want to call them the enemy because they're people, but this Marxist socialist agenda is an enemy and we need to understand it. We need to study it. You know, I I used to be involved in, in uh, teaching color guards. And so I was around football teams a lot and all. And one of the things I've learned is that the coaches will, you know, we're talking about football, even even on color guards, whatever it is, when you when you have a competitive sport, they're getting the tapes of the other team and they're studying them very, very carefully, you know, because they want to see how they operate and they want to understand where they're coming from. They're trying to get glimpses and clues on uh, anticipating their next move so that they can get out ahead of it or they can be prepared for it. They can have a counter response to it. So we have to know our enemy, right? Excuse me one sec. <coughs> Excuse me. We need to learn what we're dealing with, you know, on the other side. So again, we can't just have like these blinders or this tunnel vision of only trying to get our point across. We have to be willing to step into their shoes for a minute. And when I say their shoes, I mean the Democrat progress, the progressive liberal Democrats out there right now that are trying to fundamentally change our nation. We need to get into their psyche a little bit, get into their head a little bit. And in order to do that, we're going to have to humble ourselves a little and, and come up with that. Uh, We need to pull that empathy and that compassion, uh, superpower up and try to look at them through those eyes. Cause only then are we going to be able to understand and then develop those counter measures to try and, um, and defeat that enemy, you know, try and win those hearts and minds to our conservative values. And that's the other superpower, you know, I want to talk about with women is, you know, we have the ability to be very, very persuasive, <laughs> extremely persuasive. I mean, okay, most, if for any of you who are married, you, you, you'll be able to relate to this. Somebody told me years ago, they said, a man may be the head of the household, but the woman turns the neck. <laughs> And I think that's so true. We know how to persuade people to do what we want them to do. And we go about it in a lot of different ways. <laughs> All right. But that is a superpower. Uh, and so this is something we're going to have to really sharpen in order to win hearts and minds. I'm not talking about being manipulative. I'm just talking about being effective at, at persuading, at at helping other people to see the value of running our country from a conservative point of view, a conservative perspective, which is which is how it was founded. And this is what we need to return to. We have to get our messaging right. We have to let them see the benefits, the long term benefits of remaining a free nation. Because I'll tell you right now, Democrats, their messaging is amazing. Ours stinks. Stinks. I did a show on this recently, but they think like the the left, the progressive left. They think that we are not compassionate because we are more the tough love party because we are more the pull it up by your bootstraps and get out there and get to work and you know provide for your family and you know put on your big girl panties and all that. They they see us. They don't see that as empowering. They see that as we're not compassionate. We don't have empathy for people who are underprivileged. That messaging has to change. And the only way it's going to change is for us to first see it, own it, and then start to work on replacing it. Excuse me again. Sorry, I got a cough. <coughs> <coughs> so sorry. And of course, the one time I don't have my tea here <laughs> or my water here. Uh, but this is, these are our superpowers. And these are the opportunities that we have. Lady, lady up and don't quit. All I mean by that is is tap into these feminine superpowers that we have. Shake off the stuff that doesn't serve you. Shake off the the insecurity, the having to be right, the passive aggressive stuff that we do. And and I'll probably do more shows on this because there's a lot in there that we do. There's a lot in there that sabotages us that we need to get under control, not let it get in our way. Because guys, we have a country at stake. We've We've got our kids' futures at stake. So we've got a lady up. And then we have to not quit. And obviously that's pretty self-explanatory. But what I mean is not, not quit the groups because we get our feelings hurt. You know, not walk away from opportunities to really make a difference because we feel like our idea got shot down and so we're embarrassed or whatever that all that stuff. We can't quit. We can't quit on our kids. We can't quit on our country. And you know what? If the country's going down, like if these are the end times, like I was talking about yesterday, if these really are the end times, then at least we're going to go down swinging. But we're not going to quit. We, we just can't afford to. There's too much at stake. All right. So that's what I have for you today. I'm going to pray over you now. And because uh, Lord knows we need God's help in all of this. We can't do this by ourselves. It's way, way bigger than us. But we, we can be extremely effective. And I think women really are going to be instrumental in turning our country back around, turning us back to God so he can heal our land. So let's pray. Father, I I thank you so much for this opportunity to come together with these incredible women that I know are watching and that I know have a heart for you, God, and have a heart for their children, have a heart for their grandchildren and want to see our country remain free. I know that they're fearful, Lord, with all of this Marxist socialist agenda that's floating around, Lord. I know they're scared and I know they're worried, but I ask you, Lord, to take all of that emotion and to redirect it into productive behavior, God, productive mindsets. And Lord, that you would help heal these women that are that are listening and, and continue to heal me too, Lord, so that we won't let our insecurities or our or our feelings sabotage how productive and effective we can be in our in this country right now, Lord, in this politically charged environment. Thank you, Lord, so much. And I ask you to bless each and everyone that's listening, bless their families, Lord, and to thank you that you're healing our nation now, Lord. We're just going to claim it into existence as if it already is. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. All right, guys, hope that's helped you today. And um, I love you guys. I love you so much. And I believe in you. I believe in the power of women. And uh, we're going to go out there and we're going to, we're not going to give up. We're going to lady up. We are not going to quit. And uh, we're going to, we're going to be sitting here a year or two from now. We're going to be really proud of ourselves for what we've done. All right. I will see you back here tomorrow, three o'clock sharp. Have a great evening, everybody. Bye-bye.